Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to a very special episode of the Television Crossover Universe. As always, we're on the Grand Network, and as always, we are presented by 18th Wall Productions. And of course, I'm behind the Chrome Microphone of Excellence with myself, James Boyachuk, CEO Dubois of 18th Wall Productions, and this other person. Really? Is that how I'm going to introduce for this special episode is this other person? Hi, guys. It's M.H. Norris. Here's and always. Ben Casson, also CEO Dubois. Yes. We are here to keep James's ego hour in check. Now, this is the 50th episode. We've been here for nearly a year, and it is our golden anniversary. Woo! Yeah! Against all odds. Now, after the break, I will be talking about some of our history, how we got started, some of what I think are our best interviews and guests. But before we get into that, of course, the TVCU crew is a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time, 50 hours worth now, to connecting the dots of their official crossovers and Easter eggs, all in order to demonstrate 50 hours worth of a shared fictional reality that we call the television crossover universe. Let's take a moment to note, that's just 50 hours here on air with y'all. Um, but yes, we actually do, and they're back and forth, and we'll get into more later some of the fun we've had, even the last week discussing this it's been great but in the meantime Uh, let's focus on the two days out of the year we actually do something Woo! yes now do you guys have any shameless or shameful plugs to share with our audience i i'm gonna have to take it and i've warned you this is coming um if you go to strangenessinspace.com that is sophie aldred's new podcast well knew it's been out for a bit and they did a kickstarter to do the first four episodes and it was successful and they're out and you can listen to them online and also on the podcast they're app. absolutely hilarious yeah they're great i'm actually was listening to it a bit this morning as i was getting ready and they're actually doing a kickstarter for their season finale and it has about eight more days left to go um by the time this airs we're gonna be down to about four days yes about four days left when this airs and they need your help it's sophie aldred who has done a Bunch of Such classics like Melvin and Marine's musicograms. And Bob Which if Wilder. you don't know about, you're just not in the know. Yes. Um, we, we recommend you go Google that now. She also did this little show called Dr. Wynn? No, no, it was Dr. What, I think. No, it's Dr. How. But yes, oh, Dr. Well, who cares? Whatever. Yes. Whatever. She played the role of Ace. Um, and yes, it has... A few days left to go, and does it have the thank you for clicking that magic button? This They have a bunch of fun prizes. I actually spent, I've been spending a lot of time oh, like deciding, what do I want to do? And as a matter of fact, there's fun things, including my personal favorite, the one I'm leaning towards right now. Uh, it's called Christmas in Space, where they're going to have an exclusive Christmas track. And I love everything Christmas, as you guys will soon learn, and I'm very excited about it. 
So go ahead. Eight days yeah. to go. Eighty-three percent funded. As we record. As we record. Four so. days to go in the future when this takes place. Right now they have just over two thousand dollars left. So get your donations in. Listen to the four episodes that are currently out. You really can't afford to miss more of strangeness in space. So that's my plug. All right, boys, your turn. Well, as you know, my plugs are typically full of shame, and I don't care. So representing 18th Wall, I've just got to talk about our delightful artist, Jason. Jason Benke, I believe it is, although it could also be Ben Kai, Bernke. I'm terrible at pronouncing his last name. Sorry, Jason, if you're listening. Uh, he has done a wonderful job on the beautiful new cover for our upcoming book, Dead West, Volume 2. I, honestly, we've had a lot of great artwork on covers throughout the years, but, well, throughout the year or so. But this one, by far, takes the cake as one of the most gorgeous. Get excited for it, folks. Oh, yeah. Jason continually surprises us, not just with his quality, but with his range. He's managed to effectively do horror fantasy westerns it's amazing that we haven't found the end of his range or his talent yet and each cover is always better than the last oh yeah he's a constant improvement and i've loved all of his arthurian art that he did for that art i wish i could remember the name it isn't king arthur themed rpg i love his mass effect art the man just knows no bounds. So if you're in need of artwork for any project, please do contact Jason. He's not only quick, he is very efficient and happy to meet your needs and overmeet your needs with his talent. He may be quick, but he'll get you satisfied. <laughs> and Jason, there you go. You now have a new slogan for your business cards. All right, on that note, James, what are you plugging today? Today is local comic shop day. So, of course, before recording, I went down to my local comic shop, which is Starport in the River Ridge Mall, which is really just a wonderful, great comic shop. Now, for reference, the last one in this town was a bit suspicious. (laughs) Let's leave it there. It's a bit suspicious, and it ended in an actual blaze of glory. But this most recent one is clean, friendly. I love just standing around talking to the guys and girls who run it. And most of all, they always stock our favorite comics. Or I should say Mary Helen's favorite comics, which she has just picked up now, (laughs) Doctor Who. They also have a real commitment to carrying third-party and smaller press comics. So just a quick shout-out to them and to the fact all of you guys completely miss small comic shop day. No, local comic shop day. So I can't help you there. You missed it. Feel the burn. Because I, I will go as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> All right. And now we'll be right back after the break to talk about our history, Doctor Who conventions, and some other special events. those ads i really like insert product here now to move on to the actual subject of this episode i don't remember how it started entirely in fact i don't even know if i know how it started but i know 
one day Rob approached me with a message in my inbox and it was just, would you like to be a co-host on television crossover universe? I'm thinking of starting a podcast. And I said, yes, because usually when people invite me to any project, I will say yes, because I don't sleep and I always need more projects to fill my time. He really doesn't sleep. No, I don't. No one here does. But I take it to the next level. But so he was mainly asking me on, if I remember correctly, because to keep the show running smoothly, to keep there from being any awkward pauses. Plus, we'd learned we worked well together in the past. So, yeah, I was all on board because, again, I don't sleep. So I don't know what I was expecting us to begin this show with. I was probably expecting some of the smaller new pulp authors, some of the ones who just got their start. Instead, our first two guests are New York Times best-selling authors. Simon R. Green, who consistently carries himself onto those bestseller lists with his secret history novels and his nightside novels and his new series about occult investigators in English manor houses. So that was a very enjoyable interview. It was right before his movie, The Judas Ghost, had come out. And for all of our awkwardness, for all of our, oh God, what are we doing? We've never done this before. And for all of our total confusion to the point where we had written each of us about 20 questions more than we would ever actually end up asking Simon in that episode, it ended up being one of our better episodes. Despite my mic issues, despite everything, Simon was a wonderful, gracious guest, and it is still one of our most popular episodes overall. If you haven't heard it yet, you should go and listen and see how far we've come. Our second New York Times bestselling author, of course, was Eric Burnham, who does the Ghostbusters comics. And he would come back again, and we're working on bringing him back yet again and again, because Burnham always has the best Ghostbusters insights. Now, I'm not going to take us through every episode because then we'd be here for, what, 50 minutes at a minute of pop? <laughs> but it's worth noting the next episode was when we first interviewed Chris Nigro, author, monster expert, Dorian Gray lover, lover of everything really weird. And puns. And, would, <laughs> and puns. And puns. You build up to it. Yes, and puns. And he would go on to be our guest for the next Oh, 30 episodes? Well, not guess. He was the group co-host. And of course, we can't forget Ivan Shlobosky. I always think he came in later, but actually he was a co-host from the start. He just couldn't make the first recording session. So those two really did make much of the early show great. With their puns, and with mostly sitting silent until he had the perfect question to ask. I have to chime in here, though, with episode four actually being the first one I listened to because I'm one of those that does everything out of order. But when I saw the description, including, and I'm reading this now, at the end it includes Garfield and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I was like, James, what on earth were you talking about? It's worth noting that was the episode I was guest on. And my entire thing is just completely incomprehensible list of what are you even talking about, James? So I had to figure out what on earth he was talking about the entire time. And the question is, no one knows. <laughs> the answer is, no one knows. We still don't know. Fifty episodes later, his autobiography closer won't all know. the time. We hope. I don't know. I've been friends with you for like five years now. I'm not much closer. 
Episode six, though, is where we brought on one of our most enduring guests, Micah S. Harris, author of many novels, including the fan favorite, the new, the Eldritch New Adventures of Becky Sharp, and the New Pulp, no, Pulp Arc New Pulp Award 2016 winning novel, Ravenwood, Stepson of Mystery, Return of the Dugpa. He really <laughs> likes those titles, those long, long titles. Oh yeah, that's right. He is part of that fun group with me and the other James on winning awards this year. Oh, that was actually, I think, still the nomination process, too. Yes, this was so far back, it hadn't even been announced if he had been nominated yet. Yeah. That's how long ago that was. He would go on to be one of our most enduring guests to the point where I'm not even actually sure how many times we've had him on. Hold on, you're going to pass one of my favorite episodes. I'm getting there. I'm counting how many times he's been on on the list I have conveniently before us. Because I believe he's been a guest three times, and then he co-hosted a further two times. Yeah, he's been invaluable. Um, like I said, he said he's co-hosted a couple times. He stepped up the plate when we needed it, and we've really appreciated everything he's done for the show in the last oh, few yes. episodes. In fact, he'll be on for his guest. Yes, for his guest, because now we're a Mass Effect conversation. <laughs> he will be on for his fourth guest position in the near future. To talk about his recent Tales of the Shadowman story and some film articles he's done. Now, I know, I don't have much to say about this one, but this was one that Rob always tapped as one of his very favorite episodes, was number eight. We talked to Jen L. Herthington about Superman, various movies, various comic books, Cole Shack, and Honey West. That's always one that's at the top of his list and it bears dating. And of course, by far our most popular episode, like 200 ahead of everyone else, 200 unique views ahead of everyone else by this point, what? is number 11 with Nicole Petit talking about her recent novel, The Dragon Lord's Secretary, her various editing things that are then upcoming or had actually, no, it had, no, it had not been nominated yet, The Dragon Lord. Uh, no, at this point, we were entering the end of nomination. It was not announced yet, nomina- nominees yet. So. Yeah, that was just at the end. I think we even Because it was announced, actually, about three weeks later, which we'll get to. Yes, which I believe, actually, that episode included, hey, if you like these books, you can nominate them. But that is by far our most popular episode. And not only does it include the ever-lovely Nicole Petit, it also includes the longest uninterrupted stream of crisp puns in our entire series. <laughs> A truly uh, noteworthy yeah. achievement. The episode breaks down for three to five, three to six minutes, where Chris just goes on a pun rampage. A pun page. Which I was listening to while at work, and I'm just cracking up, and all my coworkers are like, what on earth is your problem? And I'm like, you don't understand. You're not hearing. It was hearing. unstoppable. There we go. Oh, but... Number 12 is the first time we interviewed Robert Uronsky Jr. as guest and not the host. And then number 14. Would you like to say something about number 14? I was actually wondering if you were going to say something about number 14 or you are going to tell me. Well, I mean, one of the very worst guests we ever had. Oh, gee, thanks. Number 14 um, actually is my first ever author interview, and I was surprisingly nervous to come on this podcast that a bunch of people I had known for ages were hosting and I was like she shook the entire time I did actually I was <laughs> it was hilarious behind the scenes because I didn't know what to do with it and so we talked about old projects James had to bring all my skeletons out of the closet writing wise did um, I tell 
that story? You are not telling that story. I think you did, actually. You've already embarrassed me, like, twice on the show with that story, and we're not going for three in this 50th, so hush. It'll come um, in the 100th. Oh, hush, Ben. <laughs> but, yes. Um, oh, yes, also number 14 was the first time um, All the Petty Mists got a mention. Yes, that was your first time pitching it before the public. And it's gotten pitched a couple more times, and there, there it goes again. Because um, I'm very excited for that that baby to come out. It's been a labor of love for a couple of years now, and it's getting close. But let's keep going. I'm done talking about myself for a while. Number 17 is one of our most enduring episodes where we talk to Muri Ewing about Ewing Ewing. We talk to Muri Ewing about his Alice in Wonderland slash Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos crossover poem, which. I'm very glad to see that's one of our most continuingly popular episodes, as he was really one of our most delightful guests. Number 18 is the first time we talked to Peter Rollick, and of course, I recommend it. Wait, is it? Yeah, he's the one you gave me the third book in the series called Turkey. I remember this. So this was before I came on the show. It's okay, like you just said, you prefer to do things out of order. (laughs) But yes, Pete is again one of our most popular returning guests. People love his episodes, and of course, we we're planning something semi-regular with him for next year. Can I go to number 20? Yes, you can talk about number 20. Number Wait, tw- one thing. Tim LeBon is a lot of people's favorite episode, and this surprises me because, personally, I think it's one of our weaker interviews. Weaker guests, weaker interviews. I don't say that insultingly. I think it was just an off night for a lot of us. But that one, again, people really love that one. Like, lists of people's favorite episodes... That one is usually ranked somewhere in there. So take a listen and see if you disagree with me. And now you can have fun. Number 20 will probably, is probably one of my favorites. It was your first time as guest host. It was my first time as the guest host. And I actually invited myself on to guest host in my interview episode. Because James had told me that we were getting the guys who wrote So You Created a Wormhole, which is one of my favorite time travel books. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to these people. So much her favorite that she stole my copy of the book. And I've never returned it. Actually, (laughs) we actually fought over it because it was the last copy in Barnes & Noble that one time. Um, Givens, and I won because I saw it first. Was that Givens? No, Givens was... um, No, it was Givens. No, Givens was on writing. No. We've fought over a couple books. both at Givens. Well, at least we agreed to shared custody of one writing. Mm-hmm. So you could have wormhole just wandered and never returned. And I think my future self has borrowed in. Eventually I might find it. But yes, that is really a fun episode in which we spend a lot of it talking about if Doc Brown was actually fulfilling secret plans. Yes, so much Back to the Future, so little episode. Oh, I, I, I loved just... Yak about that again. There was... Episode 21 with Hannah Lackoff is notable for all of us very manly men <laughs> talking about how much almost, talking about how much Hannah Lackoff's collection after the world ended and its title story made us all cry. <laughs> it's one of my favorite interviews just for that. We end up actually talking about nearly every story in her collection somewhat in depth. It's great to see her creative process in depth. I think of all of our interviews, that's the one we've gotten most in depth into the knit and grit of writing and themes and how you make stories work. 
I'm partial to, and of course, I've been saving it to this point. Episode 22 is when we talk to Sam Gafford about Karnacki, the Ghost Finder, who is this character that haunts our podcast and has essentially become our mascot. We've mentioned him many times previously, but Sam is the greatest living expert on Karnacki's creator, William Hope Hodgson. He's done multiple books on him. He has curated some collections on him. And just generally, if you have a question about this guy, you ask Sam. I have to take this moment to note that our other mascot, James's cat, is now jealous that he is putting more attention to Karnak at the moment. At least she's silent. She just nudges the microphone. (laughs) Now, let's see. Of course, I really enjoyed all of our discussion episodes about superhero crossovers, which we had essentially three episodes in a row, 25, 26, and 27. 28 was a great interview with Derek Ferguson, which is one I just like to point out because I think it is one of our altogether best interviews. I'm just going to snicker as one comes up. <clears throat> and Ben, do you remember how much fun we had the first time you were on? Oh, yes, that was just a delight. Uh, for those of you who couldn't tell our loyal fan base, um, I was actually forced to use my cell phone for that podcast because my laptop decided, oh, Skype update, what's that? (laughs) And so I had terrible reception for the entire first call. I couldn't even understand what the guests were saying. So if you've wondered about that episode, hey, wasn't he in that one? He said hi at the beginning and then nothing else. I was there the entire time trying to understand. We got the signal a little clearer for the second, well, Which for the next episode. ended up being a really great episode with Guy Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Next time with the phone, that that was my real debut. Like, I I mean, talk about favorite guests. We've had him on, uh, like... Twice. 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 And he feels is more lovely he, he, to have on. It does feel more because he packs so much great content and discussion to every appearance. I, I, I was just like fascinated by everything he had to say and I, I remember thinking to myself like the first guy couldn't stop like talking like at every single question which like were endless and then like guy and I'm like we're all just like on the edge of our seat trying to find out more about this fascinating industry and he's like oh I, I hope I'm not taking up too much time you know like I, I, I don't want to like like overrun the show and I'm just thinking to myself please just keep talking you magic man <laughs> I mean, when he came His on... His discussion of how to write for audio was really just fantastic. When he really came on the second time, I was pretty much in that camp. I'm like, just keep talking. <laughs> oh, yes. And, of course, that first episode you were on had bad reception for was pretty good. And it was the first appearance of John Linwood Grant. He of Occult Detective Quarterly and other publications we dearly love. I really enjoyed TVCU 32, which was our interview with Jim Beard. Because we ended up knowing a lot of things that Jim didn't expect us to know about. Oh, I mean, I... Some of which is your doing. Yes, um, Jim and I worked on a couple projects together, and he is someone I adore working with and jump at the chance to do so. And he actually has got a lot coming up that I'm very excited for him about, and... So I was very happy to hear that they had brought him on the show, even though I wasn't on this episode. I think I almost crashed it, but then something came up. You almost did, but you had work or something awful. No, I think I was, yeah, it was something that unfortunately I couldn't make it because I almost was a guest host because I enjoy working with him and would have probably brought up more stuff he might not have wanted to mention had I been there. 
Oh, he was absolutely shocked that we knew anything about the next book of his you're appearing in. Oh, yeah. Oh, how would he be shocked about that? Because he knows you probably have already seen that full draft. But yes, he has. And he also has another couple fun projects coming out soon. So um, we might have to drag him on again. We should. And we can surprise him with even more things we're not supposed to know about. Wahahaha. TVC 33 is fun, not only because it's Chris's own episode where he talks about Godzilla, you also get to hear and Godzilla and its canon, how they all fit. Meanwhile, I constantly ask about how the best Godzilla movie, Godzilla 1998, fits into canon. <laughs> and what about Godzilla versus Charles Barkley, the second greatest Godzilla story ever told? Actually, I have something on Godzilla 1998 and how it fits into canon. Because do you actually know this about like what Japan did in response to that movie? Oh, I do. It's actually oh. a really fun story. Let's tell it. Why not? Okay, so um, Japan was so disgusted and outraged by that movie that they actually bought the rights to the digital likeness of the, air quotes, Godzilla in that movie, renamed it something painfully similar, and then did an entire movie about how the government's concerned about Godzilla attacking when it's like, oh no, that's something or other, that's just what the Americans think is Godzilla, only for Godzilla to show up and kick said American knockoff's ass, so... Really clear, not-so-subtle message about their feelings and review about that movie. Oh, yes. Felisa Rose is fun because not only do we have Chris talking about how much he emphasizes with a serial killer, which I will never not tease him over, (laughs) we also have probably the single most excited guest we've ever had, who went on for minutes at a time in total excitement over all of her projects. She was really fun. And that was, of course, number 35. Number 38 is our Stranger Things discussion, which I do recommend as just being pretty fun. And then we entered the most recent era of the show with episode 40. 40 and 41, because I feel like these two need to be mentioned together. Because it's true. the idea was presented to me to, let's do a two-part episode. One part where you're the guest, Mary Helen. And Nikki Nicole Petit is the co-host, and then we're going to split places for the second episode. And I was like, yes, because we've teased that we wanted to come on together into a TBCU episode probably since my first episode, which was right after her first. And so to get this chance to come on and goof off with each other, because I love chatting with her. Um, we called it the 18th Wall Power Hour Part 1 and 2, but we could also have just as easily called it the Let's Roast James Hour. It really was. Like, when you get one of us, we'll snark James. When you put both of us together, he has no chance. <laughs> but, you know, he, he has fun, too. And they threw we threw each other under the bus and made each other laugh. And, yes, if you listen, especially in mine, like you hear Nicole just snickering in the background through half of it when yes. I... <laughs> It's and all a carefully balanced work. system to keep Boy Chuck in line and roasting on a spick. Yes. But those are probably um, up there with the wormhole guys as some of my favorites just because it was so fun getting to hang out with James in the call. Episode 42 is one of our more popular ones. Despite being mostly off the topics we talk about, it is with T. Casey Brennan, and he spends much of it talking about how he may have been the one to shoot JFK when he was a child. That was one of Chris's last guests, and it's really a thrill ride. 
Honestly, I'm surprised that's not our most popular episode by a wide margin, because let's just analyze what just got said there. <laughs> oh, yes, and I mean add in the very florid title I gave it. I may have shot the president, <laughs> T. Casey Brennan. <laughs> I shot the president, but not the vice. I shot the president, but not the vice. It may end up being one of the top ten episodes. It's not quite there yet, but it's very quickly edging up there. Come on, people. Listen to the fascinating tale that totally might have sort of kind of maybe happened. Then we come up to 44. I think this was my first as an official host. Um, yes, because my... you had to sit out the previous two episodes, which were graciously taken up by Mike Harris. Thank you again, by the way. Um but yes, um, this was right before all the fall premieres were starting, including the Arrowverse and the fact Supergirl was getting added in. And we did predictions, and it was so completely wrong. It's hilarious. Um, I still stand by what I said on some of that, and it should have been. And I I could almost go another episode on how I feel like CW short fell themselves with how they handled Well, people like that. Maybe we will do a mid-season discussion. I feel well, let's slot that because yeah, yes. I could go on a rant, but I'm not gonna right now. Because I'm gonna bring up forty five and I'm gonna throw James under the bus because I haven't really this episode because he hands me book three in a series. I get completely lost. And then I find out in the middle of the episode that oh, that's book three, that's why you're lost. I may <laughs> quote, I like to do things out of order. MH Norris twenty sixteen. I'll quote You shouldn't hand a girl a third book in a series on a subject she's not very well acquainted with. Common Logic 2016. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that is um, episode 45 where we brought Peter Rollick? Rollick. Rollick back. Um, that actually was fun considering I felt completely it was lost. really great because she doesn't know the Cthulhu mythos at all. Not at all. So she had some really interesting perspectives and questions we probably would have never hit on. otherwise. Yes. And then number 46, the day it was rainy... The day I had overslept, James hadn't slept. Um, it was the first time we recorded. I think we should just read the actual summary. Okay, James couldn't sleep. Image overslept. Joined them in their hot cider for a lazy bickering chat about Doctor Who news, classic trailer reactions, feelings about the Superman-inspired Christmas special, and how much they love Big Finish. This, yeah, we basically spent the hour talking about Doctor Who, which it's worth noting that this handful of episodes is also the. Oh god, everything's going wrong with guest phase. Like, one guy decided he just didn't want to appear on the show at all. Because we were asking him to send in his Skype information and confirm, and he said, heck with that, that's a direct quote, that's too much work. So he just left. (laughs) The internet equivalent of signing your name on a piece of paper was too much work. Yeah, so we were, this, this casual Doctor Who chat got thrown together, I think, 48 hours out. Oh, yeah, because he didn't actually cancel until less than 48 hours before recording. So James came up to me. He's like, what are we going to do? I was like, let's. And then we just came up with this and it kind of went. And then, yeah, that was so much fun. And I feel like the next two I ended up sitting out again as well. You did. We're now almost up to the present. Oh, that's right, because I had to work. That's right. Now I see the dates. Yes, 47 and 48. Both good interviews with... First, J. Patrick Allen, a.k.a. Cowboy James, mm-hmm. and John Lewin Rant. I can't help really... remembering there was some fantastic guest host who up till then hadn't really made much of an appearance of the show, but 
I think you ended up sticking around. Oh, what was his um, name? No, Micah wasn't on that. I set actually really, up for that one. You really did. I'm really upset I actually missed Cowboy James's interview because um, we, yeah, I was upset about that, but oh well, we're called. Yes, those were the first two episodes with Ben as a regular. And of course, I think we can all agree that episode 49 with Guy Adams again is one of our favorites. Oh my gosh, it was just everything I'd wanted out of a sequel with him because this time he came prepared to discuss, you know, like the first time we were like coaxing all of like the secrets of the biz out of him and this time he was like, "All right, let me just show you all the magic." And this one was also like my second really big case of um stage fright almost in a sense because I was like oh my gosh we're talking to Guy Adams and it took me like five minutes into this interview to have the courage to even like talk yes but yeah I'm glad that he's become a lot more comfortable talking to us and we hope to get him on again sometime in the near future so there is our annotated look at the first 50 episodes and we hope you go and check out all of the episodes we mentioned and all of the ones we didn't we're really proud of the work we've done. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad I came on. I've been chatting, even though this is very much out of my usual comfort zone. It's been a lot of fun. We're getting you ready for those convention panels that are in your future. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> We're going to send all the questions your way. All of them. No, no. The way I see this going is the two of them are going to be in a line, and they're going to just keep alternating every third person with the most embarrassing questions they can come up with. This is what I see in my future. Yes, it is. <laughs> now, I'd like to do a surprise bit of shameless plugging for all of our former hosts. So you should check out the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia from Robert Ronsky Jr., which is just out in a brand new edition with corrected and expanded entries, a new intru- interview, bleh, a new introduction rather, from Dynamo Mars, a new introduction looking back on the book from Robert Ronsky Jr. himself, and brand new dress, trade dress to make it really stand up to the potential it had. And also, from Chris Nigro, I don't know what new short stories or such he has out, but of course, his own publishing house, Wild Hunt Press, is coming sometime in the near future, so be sure to look out for that. And lastly, I'm not sure if Ivan's done anything recently, but if you look him up, you can see one of the very best nonfiction looks at the development of the werewolf myth online from his old werewolf history website. And I believe that's all. Any final thoughts on the last 50 hours of our lives? Um, I I don't really have a whole lot. I mean, first 50, some of these guests, you know, a lot of these guests, it's incredible we got them. And it was incredible getting to talk with them and seeing all these different perspectives and, you know, just having fun. And I'm excited for the next 50 to see where they go. And oh, it's, yeah. It's absolutely shocking how many fairly well-known to very well-known guests we were able to speak to. Yeah. Yeah, the show's really just been evolving, and I'd say what I'm most excited about is the next 50, where it continues to grow and we get even more interesting people to talk to. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's some fun ones that I I hope we can pull off for you guys, and then, you know, you might get some more discussions. I look forward to that mid-season Arrowverse, and now I'm going to make James give me. Um, (laughs) Of course... As we come up on the holiday season, you guys get to learn just how much I love Christmas. Oh, dear God, save us all. <laughs> um, Santa, please save us from her insanity. Her insanity. 
Yeah, no, which, which you don't understand your don't, listeners. You're going to catch the Chris disease. Is that this is my first Christmas in six years out of retail. So I'm going to be bouncing around like a child with a lot of candy all month long. It's going to be beautiful. Terrifying. I'm so, the one who has to deal with this on a day-to-day basis. So <laughs> I'm safe. Speaking of our dear sponsor, as we all know, 1812 Productions, we actually finally had our first in-person All of Us Together meetup this past oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For those of you whose minds may be blown by this, uh, for as long as 18th Walls existed and I've been working with all like the core group here, uh, me and MH had never actually physically met until just recently. Yeah, like a week ago. Yeah, there you go. Blow your minds. We'll give you a second. That Let was a thing. Let it sink in. In fact, if you go on 18th Wall's page onto my weekly blog from, well, it'll be this past week, um, if Walls could talk, you'll actually see the picture. It's got Ben, James, Nicole, and I. We're all together. I am. You're forgetting one of the most important members there. of our team. I am getting there. I was giving He's him his so own beautiful central intro that he just ruined. Standing right in the middle of us, and you skip it's, him. I wasn't. I was giving him his own intro because he needed his own intro. K-9 Sitting right in the middle of us is the lovable K-9. Yes. The adorable. I saw him. I was like, we need this picture, guys. So, you know, he's unofficially now part of the 18th wall crew. Um, For those of you who don't know, the 18 actually comes from K9 because he's a dog so nice, you just got to have him twice. Yep. There you go. That's the story we're going to stick with it. That's that's the story we're sticking with from now on. Now we need to get an actual full-size K9 unit in our office. Oh, can we? Hopefully. Maybe we can talk okay. with someone and get one of those ones, and we can riot, right? And can talk to us too, and that'd be beautiful. <laughs> no, I've gotten to run into one of those, Ben, and it's one of the most magical experiences I've had. Was getting to hang out and chat with K Nine. Oh yeah, it was back a- at the convention where she lost her mind over David Tennant. No, there was another one. No, that one didn't talk. That one just I moved that on. That one did talk. That one didn't talk. No, it was um in Houston this past summer. There was one he had programmed it to talk, and it yeah. So you basically, that's your requirement for any convention you go to. There needs to be a full-size canine unit. Yes. So if you want me at your convention, tell me there's going to be a full-size canine and I will be there. And if you want her at one that doesn't include one, you just have to buy her one, fully functional, that follows her around and talks, and she will come to your convention. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just simple means. I'm sure I actually want to know what it takes to build a canine. I just love the idea of you having to struggle with one as much as Lala Ward did. (laughs) <laughs> she had to carry it everywhere. Okay, nine. Um, but yes, we actually got to spend the weekend at Long Island Who, which it was more magical than I expected. Wouldn't you say, Ben? Oh, yes, definitely. Of course, I think the most magical element for me, besides talking to a couple of Daleks, I'm a massive Dalek fanboy. Uh, yeah, like, the whole thing was incredible, but uh, we kind of hinted at this. Sophie Aldred took the cake by far. Oh, yes. Like, I had actually done some work before to make sure that Sophie Aldred knew who Nikki was because Nikki is her biggest fan ever. So I just thought, oh, she's she's just going to know Nikki's name. It'll be great. <laughs> that will completely overwhelm Nikki, and that's going to be great. Instead, no, 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 it got better. Way Sophie better. decided that she was basically going... Now, Sophie adopts every ace cosplayer she sees, but she decides she's going to basically adopt Nikki for the weekend. <laughs> and it was wonderful. And of course, she's just the most wonderful, entertaining person in general. 
And it's worth noting that she brought the actual ace jacket with her this week. The jacket. she doesn't and always do. Nicole got to wear it, and I got a picture with Sophie wearing the original ace jacket, which could make that picture even more magical than it was already going to be. Yes. So now I show it to people, I'm like, guys, that's the ace jacket. And people look at me, I'm like, you don't understand the significance. And it's worth noting, there was only one ace jacket. This isn't normal Hollywood where... There's like four. No, this is the BBC that only has the budget of a slice of cheese. So there's only one ace jacket. And I mean, there could only be one because almost all of the patches and pins are nearly one of a kind. Well, and actually, uh, two of the patches are Blue Peter patches, which are her own. So it would actually be illegal for anyone else to wear it on BBC television because of actual laws where if they're not your patches, it's illegal to be seen with them. It's amazing so, that they don't even relax that for the fictional character you're playing. I know, but she earned them fair and she square, did. so she got to wear them on TV. And I mean, like considering like she's like who she is, I mean, there's no bigger fan and supporter and just part of British children's television shows than her. Oh yeah, it's worth noting that that's one of her first loves. Oh yeah, British children's television. Oh, yes, and she is yeah. Um, above and beyond what James and I expected, because I told Nicole months ago, that I was like, you're going to get that picture with Sophie. It was the last thing I do. And Sophie <laughs> did go above and beyond to just completely make her weekend. And it was a privilege to get to watch that meeting. Oh, yes. So many pictures. I mean, I still remember when she was standing in the uh, question line and it's her turn and she's in her ace cosplay and Sophie just goes... Hello, Ace. And you can just see Nikki, like, internally freaking out, like, oh, no, she did not just call me by the name. Yes. She did. It was, like, the warmest tone, too, and it was precious. Um, Some other fun person. And we met. We actually all became very good friends with someone else. With, um, Andrew Carmel, who, if you do not know, was a script editor. For the entire Seventh Doctor era. And is a wonderful person, and he will sit down and just talk with you. And we off and on got to talk all weekend. Um, he actually was leaving before the convention officially closed on Sunday. And so I went, um, I missed this panel to get a Colin Baker photo, who, by the way, gives you a giant bear hug when you meet him, like vice grip <laughs> bear hug. And Grandpa Crocs. Grandpa Crocs, at it again. Love him, <laughs> bless him. And I so I'm, I go up after my photo op to uh, the end of his panel, and he sees me and he goes, Mary Helen. And I'm like, you're so nice. Um, yes, and we were all together collectively, officially the Boyachuk clan. Yes. Oh my I told God. James to soak it up because it's going to be the one only time that happens. Yeah, seriously, that name died that weekend. <laughs> no, but I'm going to make sure it's a thing. We're just going to be the Boyachuk clan from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like the Partridge family now. Or how about Clan McCain? Like, the actual. Never mind. Irish history. <laughs> Scottish, but um, yeah, it was just it was fun to actually get to be all together in person, which has never happened before. The weekend of Doctor Who, um, which by the way, we're gonna have to take a moment to shout out. This is going to air November twenty second. November twenty third is the official birthday of Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. so make sure someone watches an obsessive amount of Doctor Who this coming week because I plan to. Or, my office closes early on Wednesday, conveniently, so I can watch Doctor Who. Well, <laughs> they're saying this for Thanksgiving, but it's really so I can go home and watch Doctor Who. That's really the entire reason it's been done. Let's Thanksgiving was relocated to be closer to the anniversary of Doctor Who. 
Exactly, because what else do you have to give thanks for? Seriously. So, do you want to say anything for this anniversary? For um, all of our listeners? You know, every year. Like, let's start with the fact, how much effort did it take for me to get you watching your favorite show? It actually took him like a year to coax me to watch Doctor Who. And then it was a complete accident that I started watching Doctor Who. And I haven't stopped and have just that love for that show has just grown and developed. And um, actually, now I have to tell a story. Um, first day of the convention, I met Paul McGann, Ace Doctor, who is an absolute sweetheart. And we were talking and there was something going on with the camera guy. So we had a minute where we were sitting there. And um, we, we were just chatting, and he was just completely cool to just talk with me. Um, we were talking about how his birthday was this past week, and how everyone thought it was Friday, but it was in fact Monday. And I was like, well, you're just celebrating the whole weekend. And we had this whole discussion, and we take the picture, and I turn to him as I'm leaving him, and I had to tell him thank you, because he was my first classic doctor. And he just looks at me, and he goes, so it's all my fault. I'm like, it's all your fault. So that was my meeting with my first classic doctor. That's wonderful. It was... <laughs> Truly, yes, it is all his fault. Um, but no, make sure you watch some Doctor Who and what are we at? This is 2016, 53 years of this show. Here's to the, like, we're saying here's to our next 50 episodes. Well, here's to its next 53 years. Um, we're going to have one last season here with Stephen Moffat Holly. Thank you, Jesus. Then. I know you're going to miss him so much. Oh, dude, I might cry his last episode. I might just <laughs> weep. Tears of joy. Like, call you, James, it's over, I survived. That's going to probably be it. We'll I let you know. I think we need to watch that pit of frustration and despair together. Oh, my God. Wait, I thought that his run was already over, like, next season. No, oh, he's got he another, another season. season. Oh. You know, yeah. shows don't normally get to take an official stance on pretty much anything with public figure, but can I just point out that, with all the subtlety here, I hate you, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> I hate you. Hate. But yes, I plan to have something special up on timetravelnexus.com on Wednesday. I won't give away what that is, partially because I'm not completely sure yet myself what it's going to be. That's what I figured it is. You probably need to contact all of your Doctor Who writers, like maybe James Boyachuk, and tell them what we're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm actually really thrilled with the Nexus right now with, with Doctor Who because I probably got the most developed and well-rounded area of the, of the site right now. I've got someone that wants to just do novel reviews. I've got someone William that... William Martin. Yeah, William Martin, who approached and I'm like, yes, please, because I haven't had a chance to read hardly any of them, and it's a whole area of who that needs to be And he likes explored. them, which is something rare. I've read most of them, and I absolutely despise most of them, so I'm not well-fitted unless you want to hear it's garbage don't read it <laughs> it's garbage don't read it then of course don't get the job. james yes. thank you um then of course we have big finish fridays with james here um i'm so glad he started that and every friday you can find a new review you did live 34 yeah. this past weekend yes um which is one of my absolute favorite audios and um, i mostly just talk about the process of listening to it as you drive through new york city traffic yeah, because we did. We put it on the way back from LIHO. And... Oh, it's actually perfect for it, if you don't know, because it mimics being a radio news show that you would listen to while you're driving through a massive, horrible city. So it was so fun. Um, and let's see. 
then of course I come in once a month um, and do a doctor of the month. I've already done 11s for the month of November and I've started working on 12s. Uh, 12s is going to be unique. Um, and as I've said on, I've said it on the show, all my problems with the 12th doctor, none of them are Peter Capaldi's fault. So that actually is probably going to be my lead into this article. Um, cause I've had to put a lot of thought into it because I feel awful for him because yeah, none of the problems are Peter Capaldi's fault. Never blame yeah. the doctor, blame the people pulling the strings. Yeah. I think Colin Baker is enough evidence of that. No, which I'm, I'm very people excited. People hated him at the time, but thankfully Big Finish has rehabilitated him to the point where everyone wants him. I'm very excited to see what Big Finish will do as well when they get their hands on him. Um, mm. You know Peter Capaldi's going to jump at that chance to you know be redeemed a little. And Classic Who fan like him rubbing shoulders with like so many people involved thing, he's probably going to go nuts. Oh yeah, I mean, he's going to get the multi-doctor special he deserved. So. Yes, and he might finally get to meet Susan. Oh, <laughs> oh I will cry. Oh yeah, that's probably, unfortunately, going to be where it happens, is Big Finish. Sadly, yes. Please, Briggs, please, please, please give Nicholas us that. Briggs. Please, you know, pretty please. You no, know, I found out Reese, over the weekend that Big Finish does not have the right to do anything with the 12th Doctor. I mean, I knew they didn't. They're going to have to get them later. It's going to be separate. Yep. Yeah. I I thought that was already well known, that they only have to 11 because 12 is currently on air. No, surmise. Ah. Well, I assumed. But eventually eventually they will get them. Oh, yeah. Because you know Peter Capaldi's going to fight that until Big Finish gets them. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, happy birthday, Doctor Who, is the long way around this whole few minutes of talking. Um, from all of us here at the TVCU. And how are we doing on time? We are doing fine. We actually have, we're actually coming up on the 15-minute mark. Oh, so we got time. Do we? You feel like you had something else you wanted to discuss? I don't, I thought I did too, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so this is our very professional end of the episode discussion. So do we have anything else we'd like to throw out before we cut to our last break? I mean, I'd just like to give a shout-out to all of our listeners and say thank you for sticking with us to this point if you have and realize that, yes, we do not have anyone more interesting than us to discuss our anniversary because this is a special day for only us less interesting people. I, I more see it then as, you know, sometimes on special occasions you get together with, and it's our 18th fall family, um, and we're just having fun looking back, you know, old Lang Syne, all that. It's been a lot of fun. Odd Lang Syne. Yes. I have nothing more to add. Um, so on that note, we'll be back after these messages. That's all there is. There isn't any more. Join us next week when we talk to a surprise guest. It's probably Mike S. Harris back again, but it'll be a surprise when we get there. Now, before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, Gradient Dynamics. You're only as evil as you imagine you. Special thanks to Robert E. Ronsky Jr. for the last 50 hours, as well as the Tiny White and the Deadites for, again, the last 50 hours. And their theme, Be Fun a Stream. Thanks to all listen. You make this possible. Please, if you've been with us this long, subscribe and rate our show on iTunes. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night. See you guys. Catch you later.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.